Hi, this is Web37 Daily, a 1.37 p.m. daily Twitter space on all things NFTs and Web3. Yay. Hey. Hey, Tyler. Thanks for having me. Thank Great you for joining. Thank you for joining. I appreciate the, uh, the patience. I know we've been kind of like back and forth trying to make this happen for probably two weeks now. So I appreciate your patience and, and finally getting this going. And I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this conversation. I, I think it's uh, incredibly topical, um, not only just in the world and this term digital and all that's happening with sports cards and collectibles and Pokemon cards and then later on NFTs. And just on Card Talk this past week, past week, we talked a lot about kind of the merge that's happening. So very much looking forward to this conversation and appreciate you being here. Of course. Thank, thanks for having me. And uh, I'm really happy we, we were able to, to do it in the end. So uh, really excited to be here. Likewise. I, um, I think there's a lot of different individuals in this chat and, and it makes for a fun kind of audience. But what I would say is, is going to be, as this, this space keeps going on, probably a good amount of representation of digital collectors. NFT holders, we do a lot of spaces in and around that. Um, and then kind of like our car talk crew and community on the, you know, collecting physical side of things. I think the conversation of digital uh, or physical backed NFTs is really going to start to emerge just in this past week. You know, the, the, the vaulting in physical has begun. So buying and, and trading in a way that you never receive the asset is occurring. PWCC has been doing it incredibly well. eBay just announced vaulting. But really excited to dig in and dive in there with you about what's up with um, the product and platform that y'all are building. Um, and so over the kind of the next hour, uh, we're going to kick it off and just kind of ask a little bit about yourself um and why why the space why kind of you know go in this direction and then and i'll like to bring on some q a and, and we'll take it away from there that sounds perfect uh should we should we start with me presenting a bit more like what core chart is and division or yeah first before we even go there because i think it's a very important aspect in terms of what's happening in the space and nfts and doxed or not doxed or this that the other thing i'd love to just hear about pre-courtyard yourself who yeah. are you well, you know as an entrepreneur what led you to courtyard why courtyard kind of that before we go into what is courtyard yeah definitely uh, happy to happy to touch base on that so i'm from belgium if you can hear some uh, hint of a french accent in there <laughs> yeah um <laughs> so yeah so i'm from belgium uh, i started my career uh at uh, google where I was essentially working in uh, sales for Google Cloud, so selling infrastructure for, for companies. I uh, was pretty successful there, started selling, uh, managing France for SMB, then the whole continent of Africa, and then uh, moved to the US to manage California for small businesses. So after, after a while, uh, on the personal side, I'm a music producer. I love music, so I was like, I want to work in music entertainment industry. So I moved to YouTube, where I was essentially, it's kind of a pretty cool job. It was managing the music labels uh for youtube so uh, i would say 15 of the top like uh the top music labels uh in the us i was their main point of contact for anything from uh jay-z's has been hijacked to hey we need to make sure like Tekashi six lines video uh is it going to be demonetized or not so so those type of things and so been doing that for for about two years um and then i moved to uh on the movie side of things where i was licensing 
movies for uh, on YouTube with the uh, Hollywood studios. We were purchasing movies for free to put for free on YouTube, uh, essentially. So I always knew I wanted to to launch a company, and so I started dabbling with different different ideas. Like the first one I had was a uh, I wanted to create like Peloton for physical therapy. Uh, then I quickly realized that the healthcare space is not the best space to, to start with. And then that was at the time where I was in crypto uh, for quite a bit. But uh, when NFT really started, um, I think it was in February, I started to really dig into it. Um, and with NBA Top Shot uh, booming, I thought, actually, I'm going to launch a company called like Own the Show, which was essentially... Uh, NBA Top Shot for a music concert where you would have moments of a concert that you could buy. And I was like, I know most of, I like, I'm pretty close with the Live Nation team. I know like most of the music labels. Why don't I just do that? Right. Um, but then as the space grew, uh, I saw that opportunity for like physical and digital. And it's such a bigger opportunity because like the market for physical good is so big, right? We're talking like just collectible alone. We're talking about $370 billion market. And there's so much friction to trade all of those collectibles. So um, this is where it all started, essentially. So uh, the idea changed a lot uh, and the way we structured it, but that's how how it started. And then Paulin, my co-founder, uh, just joined the team. And uh, and yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it was five That's good ago. stuff. I got a lot of kind of brief takeaways from that. And one of the first things is myself, what I consider myself an entrepreneur? No. I, I've been working with Gary. I've had the luxury to for coming up on nine years now. And I've had, had the ability to now meet and interact with a lot of individuals. And the notion of being able to start your own business, not from day one on your career, but work at companies the likes of Google, YouTube, etc., learn things, make connections, network, and then go off and do it, I think is um, is a really interesting... Not, path, but maybe one that isn't talked about as much in the current landscape. It's like you're either an eight and especially in a, NFTs, it's like either at 16, you create your own companies or you work for someone for your whole life. Um, and I think that the, the middle ground is far more what we're going to be seeing from a lot of individuals. I think uh, as well as with YouTube and, and working with those labels and there's so much if you think about IP and protection and copyright and, and all of that, what that means, those brands and how they can't be just used by anyone for benefit and gain. And then coming into the NFT space, I think probably offers a very unique perspective um, for yourself. So, so those are just kind of two things I've, I picked up on there. Um, yeah, and then, and then going into that, Courtyard, why or, or your, your co-founder, is there someone on the team that's into the collectible side of things? Sounds like crypto and it's exciting to hear. And I would imagine in the worlds of YouTube, Google, there's so many of these smart individuals every single day, new entrants are leaving those places and coming into Web3. And I imagine very soon all those players will also be in and they're already staffing people against it. Um, is there is there collectible energy on the team? Is there someone that's nerding out and, and comes from more of the card side, the physical side? Um, of things. Definitely. So uh, it's kind of funny because everyone on the team has their own own collectible area. Like for me, I'm a big watch guy. Um, yeah. uh, like Chef, uh, which is, uh, he's here. Like Chef is, is our uh, community manager who worked with me at YouTube. He's like, 
he probably has more sneakers than <laughs> most people on this call. Like <laughs> he knows every single drop happening at every single, like he got me into, um, all, all those shoes and all the sneakers on this. So he's the big, uh, like the big shoe guy. And then we have like, Poulain, who is like, has a, a lot of Pokemon cards. So it was perfect for him and Jim as well. So Jim can potentially tell you like every stats about any cards on, um, on Pokemon, right? So, uh, and then we, we grow and we have other people on the team that we, we really want like collectors like, yeah. at heart that go it because like we are a collecting company at the end of the day and we're trying to improve that space and bring something new to the space essentially. So it's very important for us. So get going into that and even talking about sneakers, watches, really the assets, it's more about the thesis of physical backed assets. And then you know, as building a business and the time it just takes to scale and onboard and get it right and, and what have you, you just launched recently with kind of this Genesis drop. Yeah. Incorporated Pokemon. Talk to me a little bit about what you were doing there. Yeah, definitely. So we, so we were looking of like, what's the best way to get people to know about our product, right? Like uh, at the end of the day, our goal is really to, to help users trade physical assets with no friction and have something new that they can share and collect with other people rather than have the collection, like sitting in the basement or sitting in a vault, they can actually showcase them those collections and like connect with other people and have those yep. communities. I'm going to, I'm going to cut you off for one sec, painting the picture of myself sports card collector yeah. i have a lot of sports cards i'm on my desk near my desk at home and i like to look at them they make me happy i also have nfts and there's people in even in this chat what you're seeing now pretty much you guys exist courtyard exists currently i don't know if this is actually available to the everyday consumer yet but there's a lot of people that have nfts verified nfts as their profile pictures I mm -hmm. could, in a sense, have my favorite sport card as an NFT. When I send it to you guys, you put it in the vault, you give an NFT. It's literally in my OpenSea wallet, and it could be my profile picture on Twitter. Exactly. And you could have like communities of collectors. So we've seen like gated chat, for instance, and you could only chat with people with that specific sports cards or that collect this specific type of watch or something. And so like the sky is the limit, right? And so what we know is like people who collect love like to talk about it with people like-minded people right and so this is a way of well as well of like bringing people together in this and sharing your collection and your passion to to the world essentially yeah so back to the pokemon thing talk through that's the really that's that yeah. was your first go to market correct that's that's kind of the first engagement with consumers or am i wrong on that yeah exactly so we thought a lot of like how can we just not have like five assets that we put and it's not interesting right so we're like let's try to recreate a full uh nft drop that is sizable enough that people will get excited about it. Uh, and let's try to, to make it physically backed. So we literally, I kid you not, like uh, a friend, a friend of mine literally like sourced us like the money at the beginning because we were like, we didn't have any funding or anything. Right. So we got like a, a, around $500,000, uh, to just buy Pokemon cards, uh, as a kind of a loan. And so we, we went ahead and started like learning a lot about the market and what are the type of cards. And we decided to get cards that overall range uh around like the main price and so we were like let's get uh all those cards some of the cards are like some chase cards to get people excited 
and just have them uh, as an unrevealed drop where everybody pays the average price as a mean price. And you kind of recreate the excitement as a kid of like opening a pack. Opening packs, you know, yeah. And you don't know yeah. what's, what's behind it, right? And so that's why we call it back to school because, and it's, it's where the name comes from as well, courtyard. Like it's back to when we were kids and we used to trade cards in, in the, in the, the schoolyard, right? Um, and so... Yeah, where you're literally kind of either getting... There's almost three tiers. There's the price you pay for the pack. You pull the cards. You could probably, if you're talking about trading, get your money back. Decent pack. You can get a hot pack. And you're like, wow, I just made off on that. Or you can get what I'll call a bunk pack. That's like, wow, there was really that. There was, I really got cooked on that. But you still have the cards and other people may value them, et cetera. Exactly. And so I think like for, for, for this specific drop, like there was a lot of question in the beginning, like the the value you get as well is like, this is kind of unique. It's the first like physically backed drop of NFTs. And like the beauty of the blockchain is like history is on the blockchain. So if, um, I don't know, let's say, um, like Kevin Durant or Gary owns like an NFT and he sells afterwards, like that would have value on the blockchain. Right. And so there is a historical, like history on the blockchain on this, that, that brings some, some value as well. And so we actually believe that the additional liquidity visibility and like the coolness of having a physically backed NFTs will bring a lot more value. And so it's a very interesting experiment. We're going to see how the, how the market reacts, but so far it's been, been amazing. Yeah. And so this first move was, okay, there's a drop. People can pay 0.2 ETH and you're going to get an NFT for that 0.2 ETH. And what the reveal is, is essentially a Pokemon card. Are they graded Pokemon cards? Those are all PSA graded, graded Pokemon cards. And they're yeah. all like valued. Like we made a really, uh, we spent a lot of time making sure like everybody would get, uh, or most people would get excited about what, did, what they're getting. Um, and so we, we spent a lot of time curating uh, really cool, which is cool because we play with a pretty good budget for, for Pokemon cards, right? So um, yeah. it, it, was, uh, it was really fun to do. Uh, it was a bit stressful at the beginning when we bought like so much because yeah. you know, like, what am I doing? Like, I just got a lot to buy that many cards. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, but I'm really, really happy we, we did it. Like we took a risk, um, but I'm really happy we did it because it's really kind of showing like proving our technology, which is like doing those really cool rendering at scale and like helping, um, bringing more collectible to the NFT space, um, that are it's so it's a new type of collectible. On OpenSea currently, if you search Courtyard, yep, I see it, 801 items, Polygon, floor price of 0.46. Um, so they're not, are they revealed yet? Are some revealed? No, that's the thing. So they, they are not revealed. Um, we are actually working. So the, the great thing about having a, such a strong team is like, most of the, like most of the team comes from like, you know, Silicon Valley, big tech, Apple, Google, and so on. And so we are trying to innovate in the NFT space as well. So we're trying to build like some, we're partnering with another company called Kubelt, uh, which those guys are like the smartest guys ever that are building something on top of IPFS for, for those who know what it is. And essentially it's going to allow, allow us to do individual reveals. So you would have an opening pack experience that's similar to NBA Top Shot, uh, but not on Flow Network, like on actual Ethereum-based network. And so you could go to our website and click and open the pack, uh, essentially. Yeah. That's sweet. So, and then it'll render on that. So right now, individuals, there's 801 people that own this NFT that's 
literally tied one for one to a randomized PSA graded Pokemon card that's in a vault. Exactly. So all of and it is, uh, is at Brinks right now. So we, we partner. Uh, it, it's a funny story. At the beginning, we just wanted to, to we were like, hey, we're just going to rent like a, a storage space and insure them. And I started contacting insurance company. And then I talked to collectors and they were like, I don't care if you pay me back, if you lose it, it's my stuff, like don't lose it. And so we realized how security was important. And so that's why we started contacting Brinks. And then we, we signed a partnership with them, uh, which allows us to grow as well, which is the most secure place um, mm -hmm. to store. I mean, central bank use that to store their gold. So why not storing cards there? If that makes sense. Yeah, like it's almost like the meme just on the people, like the meme, one ETH is one ETH, one NFT is one NFT, one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin. $500 in the bank is not the same as a $500 value card to many individuals. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. So now I have one of them just playing out scenarios. I'm holding one of the courtyard, which I'm not currently, I'm holding one of these courtyard NFTs. It's revealed. It's a Blastoise, uh, just a general release PSA nine. And I want card. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, we are building like a redeeming process, which is, I mean, there with everything, like uh, every new innovation comes like a uh, new process that we need to like that we're figuring out, right? So that's why we didn't allow for instant reveal. Um, so you will need to go likely to like a KYC process because at the second you remove crypto to get into the physical world, you will need to go to like some step to make sure you're not a terrorist, essentially. Um, and so... You just need to, to do that verification quickly. You send us your address and then we ship you uh, in your country and we can leverage Brinks infrastructure. So the beauty of this is like Brinks is in 150 plus countries that have operations and partners everywhere else. And so I like to say blockchain doesn't have any boundaries. And so the ability to ship internationally is really a key factor to be successful in this, in, in this space, essentially. So... Now I traded in the card, this drop, this is initial head spinning on multiple things. Ability to fractionalize a single physical asset across multiple NFTs. Yeah. Is that so, something in your world? So it, it is. Um, what, what I like to say is like most companies in blockchains that have been really successful uh, that we've seen really focus on one thing and one thing only. Because uh, it's funny, we talk to like some of our like very experienced people in the startup world in Silicon Valley and they're like, you're like a kid in a candy shop, right? Technically, we could build like a physically backed NFT space, uh, marketplace. We could build like a fractionization, collateralized lending and so on. And so I think we really want to focus first on building the most trusted bridge between physical and digital, partner with brands, partner with different, um, different collectors, projects, and so on to really um, like make sure we, have, we are the most trusted for that aspect. But then at the end of the day, your NFT is your NFT. If you want to fractionalize, you can go to a fractionalization project and fractionalize that NFT. And that's, that's the beauty of the blockchain, right? Um, you own that NFT. And so... While we will not be focusing ourselves on building Understood. that, yeah, uh, you could do it. Yeah, yeah, it would be like a separate liquidity pool. You guys aren't going to take on the because the fractionalization it has to almost be third partied or separate from the redemption. Because if I own an NFT and I want to split it amongst my five friends, there needs to be some understanding that one of the five friends can't literally redeem one fifth of the actual fiscal asset. 
Exactly. Yeah. And same thing for uh, collateralized lending. I think a huge thing is like uh, a lot of projects have been trying to figure out like collateralized lending for NFTs, but the challenge with NFTs is it's so volatile, right? Apart from like few blue chip projects, there's so much volatility that it's dangerous for liquidity provider. But like here you have an NFT that technically could go up as much as you want, as much as the market wants, but could never go much below the value of the asset in real life. And so there is more security in terms of like liquidity provider for, for that specific asset. Yeah, because if the NFT is trading for less than the value of the physical asset, buy it all day long and then just and redeem it. physical yeah. asset and you're up. On, yeah, I like it. So here we are. We have the Genesis drop. We've talked a little bit about just the understanding, the thesis. I actually, I'm like, I want to send my cards because I want my OpenSea wallet to have yeah. CryptoPunk next to whatever it might be, uh, Mbappe card that I love. And they're, they're both NFTs. Where is that on the roadmap of me as a collector being able to engage with Courtyard in that capacity? And will there be what's kind of the business model or the offering from like a fee structure to do that? Yeah, uh, definitely. So this is definitely like you, you're talking kind of like you send your card and then you get the NFT in, in exchange, right? So we are definitely working on that. So one of the things we want to really emphasize is we are building the authentication capability. Even if we only allow for like fake, uh, like, um, uh, sorry, slabs and like graded cards, we want to make sure we control whatever is getting in and that it's an uh, authentified product, right? And so right now we're building on like building potential partnerships for building that infrastructure for authenticating whatever is being sent. So we make sure that any NFT, that scorecard NFT is validated and is uh, authentified, right? And so because that's why someone if we... could send you fake PSA slabs and you can't just sit there and be like, just because it's in a PSA slab, that means it's a real PSA slab exactly. or exactly. SGC or whatever it might be. We want to avoid that. And so uh, we are looking to like to build partnerships right now. We're working on, on those to, to build like kind of authentication uh, capabilities for that. And as soon as we have that, we will build the ability for you to ship your assets, get the, uh, we store the NFT the asset and you get the NFT in exchange. And we have a lot of really cool things that we can, uh, I think the, your community would be really excited about uh, in terms of like the, the structure we can provide for, for, for that. Um, so what I mean is like the beauty with, with NFTs is like, we can technically reward like behaviors for, uh, like through the fee structure, right? So you could think of a world of like, if you bring your collection to courtyard in order to reward you to bring your collection as an NFT, not only you will have an NFT that's likely going to resell for more, but on top of it, we could reward you to your wallet address to give you like, let's say, uh, a small percentage transaction fee perpetually until the nft gets redeemed so if you sell your nft to somebody and that other somebody you resell the nft to somebody else you would still make a percentage of the transaction fee uh for yourself right uh, because you provided that liquidity to the ecosystem in the first place um so that's something we we're exploring uh, that would be really cool and uh, um, I'm, I'm just sitting here smiling uh, <laughs> yeah. because it's just so obvious and, and obviously the efficiencies you know pick up over time and what it takes to build it. And we're in this kind of like, okay, everything should be working and happening in one night. You see uh, Board Ape Yacht Club and you're like, I can't, why isn't this ready tomorrow? But when I think about cards and even over the last maybe three years to just this past week, eBay announcing vaulting, like 
you could buy on eBay and never get the card. And it's probably actually the preferred method now for many card mm-hmm. shows are a thing, but so are like digital card shows or this random word that people are throwing around called the metaverse. Like just, you could have your card show and your vault all on a presumable 3d zoom call. Like it, it, it all will speed up. And, and then when you just layer in, which a lot is about arbitrage and business and, one of my favorite things about the whole space has been I've, I've, I've learned an immense a lot about negotiating a business and, you know, passions and all that. Um, okay. Well, you're telling me if I buy a card for 50 bucks and I sell it to someone for 200 and he sells it to turns around and sells it for 550, I'm getting a cut of that 350 profit that they just made. Sounds like I want to use your product. Like, yeah, definitely. And it's not possible without <laughs> NFTs, right? That's the beauty of smart contracts. You can automate like things we, we could, also do uh not saying like uh we need to figure out like all the legal aspects of things but like we could reward like uh if a player uh if for instance kevin durant's card is being traded why not rewarding kevin durant and have those get a percentage or a small percentage of those transactions right uh so those are the type of things you could not do in the past without nfts which makes it really really exciting and going back to your days at youtube and sports contracts and and rights and everything it's going to disrupt it all yeah uh i mean in terms of like rights and so on yeah it's uh it, it, it that's why we're so excited about it because we really see this as much more than like just uh like we're not just like an nft project we're really trying to build something that will drive a lot of adoption to the space because the amount of people you i kid you not like telling me like i don't understand nfts but what you do makes sense because there's something behind it. And so all of those people are interested in getting into NFTs. They hear about it. They want to understand, but they don't. And so once I think it's going to be the first NFTs that a lot of people are going to get um, just because it's something uh, that some people don't understand. The actual, like we love NFTs and we're so bullish on NFTs, but like some people don't understand it. And like having something behind it really brings understanding to a lot of people. Um, so we hope yeah, it's going to be something to head, If you're a sneakerhead, like real sneakerhead, and you collect sneakers, you literally have a pair of sneakers that have disintegrated in the box because you kept them in a light-filled, unhumidified room. And if they were at a Brinks temperature controlled, maybe there's some things that would decompose over time, the gum, what have you. But it just, you can see it play out. Watches, people collect watches and they sit in safe boxes, you know, at banks. Like a lot of what's old is actually what this is. It's just to your point, the, the smart contract that really changes the ability of the entire kind of business behind it. Exactly. Um, and you can automate everything. But uh, and another area that I'm really excited about is like partnership with brands, right? Um, a lot of brands are trying to get into the space, but they're good at building products, right? And so you like, I don't know if you're familiar with like Unisocks, which uh, like this socks for people who don't know, like it's this socks that uh, Uniswap, which is this protocol in crypto uh, created. And you could either keep the Unisocks as kind of a ERC token, or you can burn it and get the socks itself. And now the socks is selling for like $70,000 uh, a sock, right? Like the, the token. And so you could provide like those brands of like, Imagine a, a shoe company, you put all those shoes at Brinks and they do 10,000 pair of shoes. And then you have an NFT that's, if you really want the shoe at home, you need to burn the NFT, but then you can never get the NFT anymore. Those are the type of things that we're going to see more and more. And what we want is provide an infrastructure for those companies. Did you play um, many video games growing up? Yeah, I did. Like uh, I was a big uh, Counter-Strike and uh, Guild Wars. 
Uh, I was actually in the, the top 10 guild in Guild Wars back in the day in like the MMORPG. Yeah. I remember skipping school, uh, thinking that I was sick to, to go play Guild Wars. So. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, yeah. I just, it, it, uh, Gary said something and it's everything is becoming very gamified. Yeah. Um, and That's it, what it, makes it exciting, very, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's this whole world of gamers or game developers that are, were everything that they were doing hunts raids even discord like one of the reasons i think gamers are like you know there's this whole what i would say um mainstream media painting gaming against nfts because i'm like well people that are in nfts and most of nfts are actual games so the people buying selling trading playing nfts are gamers themselves don't discredit that but this world of like gamers against nfts because it's just another thing where Video game players are getting discredited. Like we've been using Discord for four years. It's not a new thing, world. You know, so yeah. I think there's this kind of you know chip on the shoulder to a lot of individuals that have understood what gaming means and community building and relationships and you know doxed, undoxed, all this kind of explosion that's happened of what that means. There's been a massive culture around it for many, many, many years mm-hmm. that has kind of gone unnoticed but it's just rising up and is a lot of what we're talking about. Exactly. And to, to, to piggyback on your point about doxed, um, I think like what we build, like in order to be successful, like the idea is, is pretty simple, right? Like we just put stuff in vault, secure vault and create an NFT, but it's all about trust, right? And so having a team not doxed to do that would not be possible because you need to trust us because at the end of the day, we like build the infrastructure to securely store your asset, right? So you need to trust us. And it's all about building trust. And we've been really working hard on trying to be as transparent as possible, uh, doxing the team, like doing like Y Combinator and like those partnerships and so on to, to really prove that like, hey, if this goes bad, like we are screwed personally, right? So uh, everybody knows who we are. So it, it's really important. Yeah, I, I think the if you look back in history, it's like people gravitate to you know leaders and people and founders of company and and all that at the end of the day humans have always attempted to almost become more centralized you know more city-based less nomadic and and then to flip it on its head there's so much benefit in decentralization power owning your own stuff etc but at the same time history shows we're not like racing to not know each other yeah exactly before we get into some Q&A, uh, Shami, I'm not sure, are you up here? Let's invite to speak. Um, he's just going to touch on the POAP side of things real quick. Before you do that, Shami, Nico, have you thought about uh, on Twitter, because I haven't done it either, but my buddy Trouty, who's the first person that I see that's not on stage, has his punk verified, like the the actual, I guess, minting or verification of your NFT on, as your Twitter bio. I'm not using it. Is there a reason you're not? Uh, wait, so, sorry, what, what did you... Uh, you see how you have your mutant as your profile photo? Yep. And now with Twitter, we can verify them like as an actual NFT, but you and I both haven't done that, but both uh, have an NFT as our photo. Is there a reason why? I'm just curious. I'm, I'm actually verified, so I don't know if you don't see... No, I, I mean, you're the... the see how... I could be wrong. Maybe Jamie jump in, but you see how we have circles? I, I, I do. Yo, Ty. His uh, his is verified for me. 
Uh, maybe I just got a busted Twitter. Not Yo, for me, I'll in, tell you that. It, it happened to me, too. In the space, it shows up as a circle, but when you click on his profile, it's a hexagon. Mm. Crap product. That's weird. Yeah. Interesting <laughs> question, though. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, because I got Twitter blue. I'm literally paying three ninety nine. I changed my app logo to orange and then decided not to verify. I don't really buy, but people ask me that question a lot. So, Shammy, take it away. That was a random Sure thing. <laughs> I had the same issue where mine it doesn't have the hexagon, so you're not the only one. So you're not you're not alone. Um, but no, wanting get wanna briefly get into today's PO app before we actually get into it. Uh, it's recently come to our attention that some people, new people, especially to our spaces, may not have heard what a PO app is or how to get them. So before giving away uh, the secret word on how to claim today's PO app, I just want to give everyone a heads up that. Towards the end of the Q&A, I will be coming back on to give out the secret word for today's POAP. And POAP stands for Proof of Attendance Protocol. It's a free NFT minted on the Ethereum blockchain that signifies you were here and it's our token of appreciation to you. So if you do not have the POAP app, that's P-O-A-P, if you do not have the mobile app, please download it during the Q&A session. So when I come back on later, 20 minutes or so, you'll be ready to mint and get your PO app today. That's P-O-A-P, available on the Google Play or Apple App Store, and it looks like a, a purple badge. That was a good ad read, Shammy. Like Thanks, it. bro. I've been doing this too long. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to start taking some Q&A. Anyone that wants to uh, come up on stage can do so. Um, but I actually have a question that I wanted to kind of ask earlier. Polygon, what was the decision-making in and around um, – kind of being on that chain that way. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's a, that's a great question. So initially we wanted to launch on mainnet, but then, uh, with the, so we, we wanted, first of all, we wanted to be on OpenSea because that's where the market is. Right. And so right now on OpenSea, you can like the main two chains are like Polygon or uh, mainnet. And then when we started working on the project, uh, we wanted to launch on mainnet and then we saw the gas prices just rising to like $150 transaction. And so does it really make, like if we stick with our motto, which is like bringing a frictionless trading experience for collectibles, does it really make sense to pay $150 transaction fee, right? Um, and so that's why we evaluated different like uh, sidechain. Uh, Immutable X right now is not on uh, on OpenSea yet. Like they talked about the integration. Um, and so we decided to launch with Polygon first. I think there is a world where we might have like some higher valued assets that would be on mainnet, uh, which would like be a different series. Right. And so mm -hmm. we're open to that. Um, there is a world as well where if like a L2 would be very successful in the future, uh, we could migrate like the, the migration is not too complicated. I mean, it is complicated, but it's not too, um, too costly if you're on an L2 because like the transaction fee to move. Is not too costly. So, um, yeah, this, this is what we, where we started uh, working on Polygon, if that makes sense. What's your thoughts? And I'll just remind you if you want to come on stage and ask a question, anyone coming up, um, or just raise your hand, we'll bring you on. Zuckerberg, some of the news today was Zuckerberg. And, and when I hear you say so, OpenSea, open the marketplace, I also think OpenSea is the marketplace, but the social social sharing, digital flexing, I guess you could say, and marketplace are really all in one because most people, like I, I actually think 
showing your wallet is going to be a very, and is a thing, right? Like if you're in the culture of it, people check out people's wallet on OpenSea. They're just not necessarily built as a social app. Yeah. What What's your thoughts on that with that announcement? Obviously, you guys, the imagery, and if you look at the OpenSea asset, if you look at the tweet that's um, pinned above, like you're clearly not playing around on the visualization of it. Early on, I think you dropped the word like social in there. What's your thoughts just on social um, kind of tied in with, with what it all is? Obviously, collectibles, people want to show them. I think it's like NFT is all about social aspect. Like it's more now that we spend more and more time online, right? Like most of our time is spent online connecting with people all around the world on forums. Like it's a sort of status, right? Same as like people wearing like off-white Jordans uh, on the street, like, or Rolex, like people show like their ape or their, like, it's a sort of like your digital presence and identity online, right? Um, I think you're right. OpenSea right now is the place. I mean, I go check OpenSea's wallet all the time, right? So um, like profile on OpenSea all the time. So I think I saw, I saw the news about, uh, if you're talking about uh, Zuckerberg announcing Instagram is going to show NFTs as well. Um, exactly. Yeah, and, Mint, I, and he mentioned Mint as well right on there. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think it's just we're living in a really exciting time because if you think about it, like NFTs has really been growing for the last eight, it feels like five years, but like it's only been like eight to 15, like 12 months, like a year maximum, right? That is really being like exploding. And so yeah. when you have so much growth, you have so much innovation and so much change in the market, right? And a lot of new players are doing, building on stuff that we don't even think exists, right? The amount of time I, I talk to people in crypto uh, chats or conference and I'm like, wow, I didn't even think of that idea. So I think we're going to see a lot more innovation. And especially given that like most of the capital we see on Silicon Valley is going to like crypto startups. And like, um, they, this is where all of the innovation is and all the focus and all the engineers are driving towards. So I, th- I think we're going to see a lot more change uh, in the future in that. Uh, it's very exciting to see what's going to be. This juxtaposition of the speed, and if anyone you know that's been in this space for the last year, very quickly, if you ask them, like, give me a rundown, it's like it moves so fast, it changes so fast, you can't keep up with everything, and everything's kind of now, 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 now. And then when you think about capital deployed over time, one year, three year, five year, like there are long time horizons for even some key innovation in this space. It's a very fascinating, polarizing, fast go everything now, while also like takes time to build these projects. I think gaming, people are, everyone's like, I'm going to build the next game. And then I'm like, every year there's hundreds of millions of dollars in AAA game studios or down the drain in R&D of games that don't make it. It's really hard to make a good game. Q&A was the point. I always just said, keep talking. I believe Feather was up first. Feather's on the stage. We can unmute Feather. And, uh, and then it's Micah followed by... Drip ballers. Let's see. Can I unmute? There we go. Feather. Hey, thanks, guys. Shout out Chef Spin from Courtyard Fam. Shout out Kakuna for hooking me up with that whitelist spot. Um, appreciate you guys coming on here and really excited for the future of Courtyard. This project is really fascinating and interesting. And that's without the Gary V plug. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity for it. And, and we've had a little bit of back and forth about, like, you know, what is the value i guess how could the value of the underlying of the nft be more than the underlying asset and i think that like you're saying the market will dictate that what i'm really curious about is how uh do you guys plan to incentivize holding 
Uh, so like, a, you know, when I get my shadowless Mewtwo and I want to flip that for some money, what would incentivize me for to hang on to that? Like, are you going to plan on the secondary NFT drop, uh, airdrops the holders, whitelist spots, anything like that? Just curious. So we, we haven't announced any, any specific thing for one reason and one reason only is like we, we're working very hard for making sure the company uh, does everything that's in the legal side of things that's correctly put in the legal side of things. So there are ways of doing things, but we cannot just jump and like jump the gun on that. Like we take that very seriously. And so th- there are some, um, some challenges in, in that, like doing airdrop to future holders, uh, like to, to holders of NFTs that hold this specific NFT. Um, there's ways around it, but it's not as straightforward as doing it. What I can tell is like, we are a huge believer of community first, and we are a huge believer of like uh, decentralization as well. So even if we're mostly centralized, when I talked about like giving back to like the players, it's the card of the, it's the card of the players. We more think of this as like, it's going to be like a win-win situation for all because it really brings value to the market. And so um, the, the answer to your question is like, we would do anything we can as long as it's working on the legal side of things, um, that, that we do that within the constraint of the law, essentially. Um, and we're being very careful of not stepping that bound for that, essentially. Cool. That makes sense. Yeah. And I appreciate that you guys are taking your time and building the project the right way rather than jumping in and, you know, the, the cash grabby thing and, you know, not not to mention the rug pulls and all the other scams that we see. It's nice to see a team that has not only credentialed, but is taking their time to do things the right way, build community the right way and build the project the right way. So great work. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for coming up. Today. I want to just quickly say, hey, round 21 is up here. My friend Matt Olbaum was a big sports card collector. We've grown up together, and Steve Canal, who I talk a lot of sports cards with, they're all in here, so I appreciate y'all listening. Micah, or Mika, I apologize if I pronounced that wrong. Uh, over to you. Right on. Thanks for having me up, guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks. Yeah, happy to be here. Super excited for this project. I've been around for a long time. Uh, we've done some dance parties in the Discord, which has been super fun. Uh, but uh, as I kind of talk to more and more people, a lot of new questions pop up that I haven't even considered as well, especially for people outside of the NFT space. And uh, one that came up yesterday that I'm also very curious is about, obviously, is this first drop is going to be for Pokemon cards. And then for future ones, it's probably safe to assume you guys may move into the sports card thing. Uh, I guess my question is, what are you guys considering as potential future collectibles? Because the thing with Brinks, I think, makes a lot of sense for storing small paper items like cards. But when you start talking about like sneakers, like that takes up a lot of physical space. And so I don't know if that's something that's even possible uh, with you know storage and security at Brinks. And so I guess to make this long rambling question shorter, uh, what, are, what else are you guys considering um, tokenizing on the platform and marketplace? Uh, thanks, Mike. That's, uh, that's a great question. So cards is the most obvious one because it's small, easy to store, high value. Um, I think anything that people collect that has value, really. So uh, the most obvious one is uh, sneakers, uh, is watches. Uh, you have art as well. And so Brinks has the capabilities to actually store. They have a whole department to uh, store art in the right conditions. So they, they are able to do that. I think it's all going to... The whole point of it is to make sense financially uh, on those. So like, it doesn't make sense to store like a $20 card in a Brings vault, in the most secure vault in the world, right? So I think it's more going to be about like, what's the range and the value of those type of assets? 
um, right now it's like $500 and like uh, around that price, but like anything, like if you have a shoe that's worth like $2,000 sneaker, it makes a lot of sense to store them in, in the vault. So, um, yeah, so any type of collectible that people collect, I would say, and even art moving, um, down the line, essentially. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I think the move for fine art is a really, 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 really big deal. Um, especially for people, you know, that already kind of buy and trade art, you guys are eliminating a lot of that logistics on having the appraiser show up, packaging it, transporting it, storing it every single time it gets traded. And especially if you guys are considering doing transactions on, um, NFTs that we mint with physical objects, that is a really, really big deal. So super excited for it and super excited for everything you guys are building. Thank you. Yeah, you're you're right. In terms of the the like authentication at every transaction is really the killer. Like it takes a long time. It's very expensive, and like usually like the transaction is more local. So I like to say like if you have like a twenty thousand dollar watch and you're trying to sell it, you go online on eBay. Nobody's gonna buy it uh, because uh, they don't know you don't have credibility and so on. So you go to like a third party dealer who's gonna take a pretty high cut of the transaction. And it's probably going to sell it within your own country or own region. And it doesn't make sense from like somebody in New York to sell to somebody in Poland or something like this. And here it's like suddenly it becomes much more global and much more liquid in general, even for art. So, um, yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate Thanks. you coming up. It's, I'm just sitting here smiling. Drip ballers, over to you. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Hope you're all doing well. Thanks, man. Um, I just wanted a quick question. It's kind of expanding on um, one of the previous questions. Uh, what legal issues would you face when it comes to tokenizing the artwork and the cards that uh, wouldn't necessarily be owned by you? It's still part of the IP of the original uh, artwork. Yeah, uh, definitely. That's a, that's a great question that we, we had a lot. So we, we work with, just a quick background. So we work with Cooley, which is like the top law firm uh, in, uh, in Silicon Valley. Uh, and we, the first thing we did is ask their legal IP department, can we do this? What should we do? Should not like, what can't we do essentially? And so you actually have like IP is a very broad and interesting, uh, like it's all up to interpretation, right? But like, there's essentially like two protection you can do, um, while trading assets is like, if you buy something, uh, that has a brand and the brand is needed to show like properly identify the product, you can actually do it, right? So what we cannot do is manually inflate the price of those assets because uh, like using the brand to manually inflate the price and we cannot uh, use the brand like showing that as we, if we are associated with that brand. So we're very careful of like what we're doing in this uh, and we, we get advice, uh, legal advice every step of the way to make sure we, we don't cross the line in, in that sense. Okay. okay great, it's almost you. similar to like if a card shop, physical card shop, is selling Pokemon cards, they're allowed to say we're selling Pokemon cards, oh, and it's not like they're uh, you know infringing. Yes, they are, oh, sir. Um, right. I think that that's kind of that point, and, and exactly kind of almost yeah. like blah blah blah. Drip. Keep it on. Sorry about that. Uh, I was just going to say thank you. I, I I like the project, and uh, I'm looking forward to what comes of it. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate you being here. T.O. T.O. Hi, everyone. Um, thank you for letting me come up and ask a question. I'm really excited about this application of the um, blockchain technology without 
it being a profile picture. So I'm really excited by the innovation. But my question is, is I'm getting back to being able to trade in the card for the physical asset, right? Do you see value in the fact that this is built in to be um, deflationary because these will only ever be the 800, um, 801 assets on the blockchain physically backed um, Pokemon cards. And then at the same time, you burn those cards, if I understand, sorry, you burn the NFTs, if I understand correctly, when you trade in for the um, physical cards. So after, for every person that decides, you know, I want the physical card, that means that's one less actually in the ecosystem. So do you think this provides additional value on top of the liquidity aspect? Uh, interesting. That's a good question. So um, a few things. So we are going to do more drops uh, and we plan to do more regular drops to get, keep the community excited uh, in general, right? But like this specific Genesis drop is the first one and that's like maybe potential value. It's, let's say we become like this big brand name in the future. This would be the first drop and on the blockchain it would be the first NFT of that drop, right? Um, there is a deflationary, like if somebody decides to burn to redeem, we will... We're very curious to see how many people are this are going to decide to actually burn and redeem. We think there's going to be a part of it just to test how it works and like making sure we actually have those right. Um, the percentage is going to be pretty low, in my opinion, for two reasons. One, this additional liquidity and additional visibility will actually be priced by the markets, and people there might be like ten thousand Charizard, but there might be X many Charizard as an NFT for a core chart, right? And at least at the beginning, until we allow people to actually mint the card and we have different collections, that would be um, like priced by the market, right? So redeeming it might not be uh, financially the most like interesting solution to do, if that makes sense. Tio, did that help? Sorry, I was looking for my headphones, but yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm excited to see what people decide to do, especially as you said, when you factor in the new market um, economics of it. So thank you. Yeah, and thanks. A lot of people, I think, don't have Pokemon cards, but they're just going to get that because it's a cool NFT of a card, right? Uh, it's, it's something new. It's something different. They, they feel like they're part of something that's bringing new innovation to the space. So. Um, that's something to, to factor into, but yeah, but thank you. Should we get the next question? Oh, sorry. Sorry. I was definitely just talking into a muted mic. Um, I, I was saying for now, like what you said about a lot of people don't get NFTs, you see this application. Oh, that makes sense. I think the understanding a lot of people's collect things around them physical and then they're like but why would i collect something digitally right like what that that doesn't make sense my response my like little poke joke back to that is open your photos app you probably have a thousand plus photos on your camera roll and you never look at them you're literally collecting digital moments and but now if i am holding a, a nft that literally all i have to do is like fill out a form press a button and i get the physical collectible for $500, there's all of a sudden going to be this decision of, do I value it more on my digital social graph, people knowing that I own this collectible, or do I want it to sit on my desk in my bedroom or in a dark closet and no one knows I own it? Exactly. That's going to, I think, open a lot of understanding 
of even non-physical back NFTs that people like to collect digital things and we represent ourselves as a being digitally every single day, whether you know it or not, unless you're completely just not on the internet. A hundred percent agree. Uh, I, to me, I like to give the example of like the Mona Lisa, like there's one Mona Lisa, but there's like 50,000 copies in the world, but there's only one and everybody agrees that this is the only one, right? It's the same for like an NFT, right? You can technically copy this board ape or uh, this punk or something and put it on your profile. But like everybody knows that you're, if you own that board ape or crypto punk, you are the owner of it. And everybody agrees that this is the ownership of this. And so it's more like ownership of a digital assets. That's like, you cannot fake that. And everybody can check that this is the ownership. So um, similar to fakes, like NFTs is like ownership of it. Yeah. Yeah. The best fake, you know, Birkin bag in the world, people would still rather not have it, even if it looks better than an, uh, an actual Exactly. One. Just because of authenticity and blockchain gives that proof of ownership. Yep. All right. I think we have time for maybe one, two more. I know I just talk at the end of everyone's question. Michael Burrett, sounded like you might've been driving in the car with some other people. Well, let's see if you're still on here and want to fire a question away. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, uh, I just picked up the kid from school. Um, I just want to say, so I kind of came into this entire courtyard thing completely by chance and actually won the, uh, the Twitter contest. So for me, this is, this is kind of like next level, like sliding in under the radar and winning something that you never would have expected being able to do. And like jumping into the chat on Discord and kind of being part of this new community and kind of watching everything that's been going on and watching it grow and being around for mint day and watching all that explode. Um, I just want to say that like you guys, the, the, the courtyard boys that created this, it's, it's, it's enormous what, uh, what the possibilities are for this. And, and I'm beyond looking forward to it. I've had a few chats with Chef and, and kind of got a bit of a lowdown on how things are going to roll. And uh, but like I said, like being the guy, the lucky like number, being you know, the 801st of a of a group of 800 is something that you know I don't care who you are, that's an honor for sure. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm really happy it came to to somebody like you who's active in the community. So really appreciate it. No, it's it's yeah. What you guys are doing is great, and I'm I'm you're stuck with me, so. I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. Please stay. <laughs> I love it. Tyler, I think you're muted again. Yep, definitely talking into a muted mic. Uh, Michael, thanks for being here. Bradley, let's uh, let's fire you up for a final question. Flex, I see you requested. Um, maybe we can sneak in. Why not? You're the you're the last as a speaker. Two more, Bradley over to you, Lex, and then Shannon can bring us home with the POE app. This has been fun. I really appreciate the time, Nick. Thanks yeah. so much, yeah. Uh, thanks, guys. Um, I A uh, little bit of background. I've been following the project since October. Own a couple packs. Talked to Chef uh, quite a bit over Discord DMs. Um, just echo what everyone said. Congratulations on, on the success so far. And and uh, hope the reveal goes smoothly. Um, my question is, I, I guess, sort of related to to a past run, but I am curious to know how you guys think about this. So, if you like look at this, like try to play out in game three how this is going to work post reveal, like 
somebody who's cynical might think, okay, well, as soon as these people mint the post reveal, basically understand what cards are in their packs, they'll burn their NFTs, get Brinks to ship it back to them and then sell it on the physical market. That market is, you know, there's all these merits to NFTs today, but that market is, is tried and true over a couple of decades now. And you're receiving your, your money in fiat, which, you know, that's a, that's a cynical point of view, but I'm curious to understand how you guys think about the ability of holders to burn their NFTs in order to um, get the physical cards and, and how you guys kind of mitigate that, that risk in, in this, which is ultimately an experiment in, in how people value digital liquidity relative to the liquidity that's already there that's very frictional in the physical market today. So it, that was kind of <laughs> a couple of different questions in one, but I just it's okay. I think I, think I got about it. that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thanks for thanks for asking asking those questions. That that, that makes sense to think about it. So um, it's it's interesting, right? Like the there's a bunch of companies that have tried to do physical and digital, and so we came up the approach that you cannot have both at the same time because if you have the asset and the NFT, then you can sell the NFT to somebody, and like the other person has the asset, you can sell the asset to somebody else, and then like the chain gets broken. And so the only way we thought this would be possible is if we are a centralized entity that keep ownership, uh, not, not ownership, but keep, keep custody of those assets in a centralized place, right? Um, and so if you have the NFT, it's like you dissociate the ownership of the asset with the asset itself, right? The NFT equals the ownership of the asset. And so you know at any point in time, regardless, you can always come to us, burn the NFT and get the asset to us, right? And so now the question becomes, and we will see how the market is going to play out, right? But like the question becomes like, are those assets going to be worth more as an NFT or as a physical asset? Or stand on this is those NFTs are going to have a premium because of this additional liquidity, because of this additional visibility, because there's a lot of people in the NFT space with a lot of capital that are interested in new, new product, right? So it's, it's, we're going to see how the market will play out. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting experiment, as you said. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. It's going to be cool to, to see. I, I certainly hope that this isn't the case as a fan of the project and obviously a believer in, in a lot of these web three broader concepts that this, this hammers on, but <laughs> I'm, I'm really hoping that you don't get a massive flood of, of holders after post reveal who just asked to burn their NFTs for the physical card. I feel like that would be worst case scenario. I, I, I don't think this Bradley, will happen. Yeah. Bradley, if you were holding uh, one, I'm not sure your background in it or not, what would mm -hmm. you do? Well, <laughs> me personally, I would hold it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in this for like trying to get the, the Charizard, right? It's 200K. Well, I don't know. I guess it's a little bit different. Like 200K is meaningful to me. If I get the physical Charizard, like what is my risk trade-off, right? Is it, do I hold the Charizard and bet on a relatively unproven idea that my digital Charizard contract is going to be trade at parity or a premium to the physical or 200K is 200K, right? Like, 
I might just trade that one in for a physical. But or, but if you think about it, like maybe the mid tier cards, people will be more apt to to play the game and and go along with the experiment. I don't know. Uh, it's, to, it's a good to, question. I'm the wrong guy to ask because to, I'm obviously a believer in the project. But to, you know. to answer your question on that, like if you let's say you have like a, an NFT that's worth like physically backed by an asset that's like like two hundred thousand dollar, you yeah. could actually go on OpenSea and within two seconds put it for sale and see if there is a market for it, right? And if that sells, you can just convert the NFT, uh, the Ethereum you have, and just convert it to fiat and have the money in your bank account. Instead, you would need to redeem it, which means like you would need to go to like a process, redeem it, get it shipped to your place. It's probably going to take a few days to get it shipped to your place. Then you will need to take pictures, put on eBay, put on eBay like um, as a picture, find a buyer, and then pack it and ship it again. So look at the frictions of all those steps, right? Compared to just going on OpenSea and listing it for the price you think it's worth, right? And yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And look, I'm, I've traded cards in the past. I, I don't. That's part of the reason why I think this is a great idea. Great ideas because the frictional costs are, are legitimately massive. I don't know what the profile of people are listening in this space, but if you've ever tried to get a Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh card graded, and then taken in by a marketplace and that whole process, whether it's on eBay or another marketplace, it, it's, it's really awful. Um, but you know, <laughs> it's something that you're more willing to go through for a $200,000 car than a $2,000 one, if that makes sense. So I guess the answer to the original question is for me, it would be more of a function of the value of the underlying physical asset. And it's, historical liquidity and trading history that would, that would make me, that, that would have, that would affect how I think about getting it redeemed physically, I guess. Yeah, right. That makes sense. Something I've also been thinking about through this, you know, and people talking about the project, you know, and Nico, like your thoughts as well, but, you know, there's there's massive cloud-based companies, like tech infrastructure that no one knows about, that powers a lot of things. We could equally be talking about that, you know, NFT projects, community, all of that, like, is one aspect of this. And so when people talk about the project failing, like at the end of the day, I don't foresee NFTs dying. Like, to me, this project failing is literally something comes out and they're like blockchain is no longer allowed because even if courtyard fails, what have you, I mean, I don't know how that fails. I agree. Like posting cards, I would rather take a card show because I'd rather sell that way than literally take the day to list on eBay because of the photos that now there may be liquidity here, there, wherever. I also may argue based on what's happened over the last three to five years of holders of Ethereum, there may be more liquidity for a $200,000 asset Ethereum than in US dollar, potentially. Obviously, there's a lot of US dollar in the ecosystem, but that's another thing. It's um, a pretty good well, point. I didn't think about that. It's like, the ma it's like the vast majority, maybe not the vast majority, but many people who would be spending, who would be the buyer of a $200,000 Pokemon card might be the same ones who are buying apes. <laughs> yeah, 20, you know, it's definitely possible. You know, there's a lot of people that were stacking ETH over the last five years. That that two hundred thousand dollars to them 
cost basis is far different than those that have $200,000 in fiat currency. Yeah. And they might want to diversify, right? So uh, if you have yeah. like uh, 20 million in ETH, you might want to diversify. So that's why we've seen like DeFi and like stable coins and so on. And like, this is another type of NFT that is a bit more secure uh, because it has like a backing that's behind it. But yeah. Appreciate the convo, Bradley. Yeah, no, last thing I'll say is I, I think my, my question was inherently kind of at a bearish slant on it, but I am, congratulations on the project. I'm really interested to see what happens here and I wish you all the best. Thanks so much, Bradley. Appreciate it. How do you, Nico, think about that like underlying tech infrastructure versus community brand slash both? That's a great question. So we, we thought a lot about it and because there's few ways we can, we can go about like, we can just like partner and provide a technology for like brands uh, to provide that like NFTization, like tokenization as a service, if you want. Um, I think that's going to be big, but we also want to build our own brand kind of like StockX where you could ship your asset to us. Um, and so talking about community, our first hire was Jeff Bean and people who know um, Chef Spin has been like the most amazing person in the community. And like, this is a sentiment, like it's a statement that proved like for us, community is first because when people collect, they want to connect with other people. Right. And so we want to make sure we bring a safe space where it's a collector discord, where you have different section. If you want to talk about sports card, you can talk about sports card. If you want to talk about like, um, Yu-Gi-Oh, you can talk about Yu-Gi-Oh and all of those different, um, pockets of co collectors and communities. So we really want to be like a, a safe space for any collectors. And so, uh, yeah, community is by far the most important thing for us uh, right now. Definitely. I'd love to hear that. I think it is, I mean, when I think about the hobby, art hobby and all the friends, the person running the 130, behind the 137 PM Twitter account right now is a gentleman named James Cook that I met literally on Twitter talking about sports cards, mathematic card show, started for working for 137 PM. He's actually leaving 137 PM and going to work on Gary's team next week. And I met him oh, on nice. sports cards. Um, Flex, final question, unless Nico has to go, then we got to do the POA. Let's see if we, we can, can do a final question. Yeah. yeah. Nico, are you good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Appreciate it. Flex, you still here with us? Flex, four. YouTube three. busy flexing right now, and that's what he's doing. Two, one. All right, Shammy, over to you, brother. Sweet. Thank you so much. Uh, great space. Very interesting stuff being talked about here. But I'm now here to do the one thing that I'm really good at, and that's give away today's POAP. Uh, for context, we have pinned to the top of our space here how to claim a POAP. And for today's way to claim, hopefully everybody downloaded the mobile app. We'll be, we will be using the secret word. Hopefully there has been enough time passed where everyone got the app. If you don't have it, you still want to get it, please download it now. It's POAP, P-O-A-P, Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Now, if you have your POAP mobile app, please open up the app. And once you have the app open, in the bottom right-hand corner, you're going to click on the Mint Plus button. And once you do that, a little menu will pop up and you're going to click on Secret Word. And today's secret word is all lowercase, no spaces in between them, so it's one phrase. And it's gotta mint them all. I assume you know where the reference mm -hmm. is from. I like it. Gotta mint them all. 
Them all or M all? Them. Them. T H E M. So not E M, like the actual one. Uh, uh, Got to meant them all. All lowercase? Correct. Everything is lowercase. But gotta is G O T T A. Sweet. Um, and then, Shammy, real quick before you run that back, and maybe Nick's on here. Can we plug a, a tweet just where people will be able to listen to the podcast? And if we get some new tweets going to that, where the spaces are now going into podcast form and starting to roll that out. Yeah, would you I'll want defer, me to speak on that? Yeah. Yeah, or if there's a yeah. tweet, we could throw them up, whatever. And then, Shammy, I just tweeted what I think is the word. If you can just go and confirm that to be the case. Confirmed. Cool. You want to just pin that, and then we can rock and roll out of here. I think during James, this conversation, could you pin that? I cannot at the moment. Yeah, I will. In this, uh, in this past collection, or sorry, in this past conversation, it looks like Board Ape Yacht Club rolled out the announcement of their uh, of their token, which is some pretty exciting news for everyone to jump off and oh, go wow. get into. Yeah, Ape Coin. Very fun. Officially announced from there. All right, gang. I appreciate it. Go many conversations and uh, you know being a user of the platform. Thanks so much for having me. It was so much fun. Thanks, guys. Likewise. Thanks for being here. See everybody. Bye. Bye. Hi. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out every single live Twitter space on our Twitter at one thirty-seven PM.